Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Okay, hi. Hi. Paige, and I have two guests here. We have uh, Shen Li from uh, Watco, correct? Yeah. yeah. And Tom Chalmers from... Uh, from Banksa. Banksa, yes. Sorry, buddy. I didn't get that right. And we're on the general topic today of crypto wallet uh, security, which is a big deal. I was talking to Tom uh, earlier and I posed the hypothetical. I said, wouldn't it be great if I'd bought like $100 worth of uh, Bitcoin in 2010 (laughs) for like 30 cents each? And then I said, if I'd done that and I'd put it in a wallet at the time, what are the chances it would still be there? Definitely stolen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, I'm there. Like I, um, so back in 2012, I was studying, like I was doing my master's and like uh, the lab, like just next to my lab was uh, doing crypto graphics. So like we did some Bitcoin mining back then. So I had like uh, 50 or something Bitcoins uh, in, in, in the like lab computer. But after I graduated, I didn't like it, it didn't work much back then. Yeah. So that computer just get lost and we lose all those Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if like if that's still around. I understand the exact same thing happened to me, actually. The first I heard about Bitcoin 2011 or 12, I think, and I downloaded the client. I had no idea what it was, what I was doing, set it up. Probably didn't mind anything, but I left it running on my computer for about you know four weeks uh, before I sort of got over it and shut it down. Threw the computer out, and years later thought about it. I'm like, oh, if I even just had one successful uh, mining operation. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if mine hadn't been stolen, I probably would have sold it when I got to five bucks because I was been, would have been so excited. Yeah. So, um, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain are uh, posed as trustless systems, which I take to mean that the system itself is, uh, you know, cannot be compromised. You don't have to just do business with your cousin, you know, whatever, right? But there's been so many lapses. um, I'm not sure that that has, you know, the credibility that the industry might like. So I'd like you guys, starting with Shen, to tell me, like, how how are you addressing um, the security needs for people that are holding really valuable Mm-hmm. but highly fungible assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, uh, so the security problem comes in two aspects. So first, uh, I, I think the technical aspect, which more people are focusing on. So like we have all these like different mechanisms to help mitigate the risk of losing assets like a multi-sig uh, or like MPC. So, so like advanced uh, signing mecha- mechanisms to prevent like single point of failure. But I think the more important aspect in this is the user experience aspect, because like a lot of these uh, asset losses does not didn't come from like um, like hackers breaking the cryptography or or or, or why not. They're actually coming from user uh, human error. Like they lose the private keys. They like go to a scammy website and sign something that they shouldn't have. And like these are the main main sources of actual like uh, 
like asset loss. So I think although a lot of people are focusing a lot on the technical aspects, I would I, I think the user experience aspect, like making it familiar with uh, to the users and making them understand what they're doing in the space is actually more important than those technical stuff. So like, for example, like um, um, helping them manage their keys instead of just um, asking asking them to like write down the seed phrases or like lock it somewhere in your in your in your closet, and actually pro providing them more like uh, familiar and friendly ways to manage the keys, and also like in every transaction that that they make, uh, inform them uh, of the risk or what they are actually doing with this transaction. These would actually play a more significant role in. Uh, helping users like mitigate the, the risk of uh, losing their crypto assets. Mm. And then, Tom, so your business, as you were explaining to me, is an, is an off-ramp. So it's not a wallet, but it facilitates people moving their money in and out of wallets. Which yes. just to me sounds like a particularly uh, perilous uh, time, you know, for holding that asset. What, do you, what are your thoughts? How do you how do you assure people that they can move their uh, assets around uh, safely? Yeah, so there's a few ways we go about that. Um, I mean, I think you know one thing we've observed over the last six months in particular is this rapid swing back to the original uh, promise of crypto, which is self custody. So, so we we work with a range of uh, different wallets and crypto ecosystem, but we also work with a lot of centralized exchanges too. Um, and in the wake of FTX. Um, you know, what we did see very quickly and we continue to see is more and more of that total volume of, of you know, fiat dollars going into crypto is now going into self-custodial solutions like wallets, which we think is great. The challenge there is that, you know, when, when someone does transfer into a wallet, um, we, we can execute that and process that for them. But once they're in that wallet, you know, there's really a lot that can, uh, that can go wrong, mostly and nearly entirely from the user's point of view. So if they forget their seed phrase, you know, no, no one can help you in that instance. Um, so we're always sort of like watching carefully the different uh, merchants, or as we call them, um, wallets, and then how they approach that problem and how, how it's clear to the user what their key is, where they can get their key, and how they can sustain access to the, to the crypto they've actually purchased. How much of a burden is it on the industry that the individual's got uh, so much responsibility uh, I'm going to use, you know, as, as an illustration um, in the world of fiat currency, for instance, if somebody swipes my credit card and runs up a big bill, I'm not really liable. Yes. I'm protected under law. Yeah. Okay. If I have my money in the bank up to the deposit insurance limit, something goes terribly wrong, mm -hmm. a Silicon Valley bank mm -hmm. thing, I'm covered. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of limit is it on, on the crypto industry that you don't have those uh, sorts of protections built into place? Yeah, I think that is indeed very limited. So like, I think the idea behind self-custody is great. Like you holding on to your own keys and like re be responsible for your own assets. And if you don't make a mistake, people, nobody can like steal your asset. It's great, but it only 
caters to a small group of people that have the cap cap capability to actually uh, carry out these operations. For the like mass majority out there, it's like very difficult for like, for example, like a new user without these background, they want to get on board. They first need to like download the wallet, set like set up C phrases. So like 12 to 24 random words that they don't understand. And they're taught to like uh, have to, they have to back up these phrases, otherwise they will lose their assets. Or if they leak these um, words to like some hackers or some malicious user, they will lose all their assets. And this is very intimidating for a lot of users. So I think although the uh, idea of self-custody is great, it is actually stopping a lot of like normal users to get into this industry and navigate it. So I think um, at this point, like, so right now, like players like uh, Arjun or ourselves or like Unipass, we are putting more focus on like building a more sophisticated wallet with like account abstraction. So uh, at the end of the day, you, your account is still um, made secure with these private keys, but you also have other options like social recovery. So in case you lose your asset, uh, you lose your key, you can go to your friend or your family and they can recover the, uh, the access to your account for you. And if you like discover that some of your keys are leaked, and you can rotate those keys out. So people are more putting more effort into building this more sophisticated wallets to make it um, like usable for mainstream users. Yeah, and my thoughts on that is it's important to remember what the benefits are of self-custody and sort of why it was one of those uh, initial properties of crypto that attracted so many people, right? Because you mentioned before the, the FDIC insurance and card schemes and all that rules. The analogous things. And Which is yeah, great, right, but yes. I think people forget they do come at a cost, right? And in all transactions today, um, the card schemes are taking something like 2% on off the merchant in all transactions, right? And banking systems mm -hmm. cost a lot to operate. Uh, so, so crypto essentially was trying to find ways to codify that and, and solve those same uh, security and trust problems, you know, with math rather than with, uh, you know, social contracting cost. Um, and that takes time, you know, and that, I think, you know, we're, we're not quite there yet in terms of all the technology to fully replicate what we have today. Um, but, but these things like account abstraction and multi-party computation, um, super exciting. And we, we think we're sort of very close at this point to being able to offer all the good things that come from self-casting. And, and those good things, you know, just to be clear, is reduced cost of operation, uh, but also programmability. Once you have self-custody, you, know, you fully have access to control and program your money as, as you wish. Where does this? Um, where do you see this leading the industry? If it requires, um, can we just say a certain level of uh, sophistication and technical education, mm -hmm. just to manage, basically just to manage your money, your savings and investment? Which, you know, there's a lot of other options for it. Mm. You know, is there a way that this gets uh, eventually simpler and yet um, equally safe? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of players in, in this industry are working on that, including ourselves. So like we offer uh, and, and actually a couple of other wallets out there 
offer more familiar uh, login or uh, wallet setup registration mechanisms. Like you can set up your uh, wallet with your email or your social accounts. And but like combine, combining mechanisms like multi-party computation, like these are not the single point of failure. So even if your uh, social accounts get hacked, like you still have other ways to protect your assets. And combining these um, mechanisms that people are familiar with and with like more like account abstraction and MPC, uh, it actually makes it possible for uh, users to navigate this world without like knowing the actual technical details in it. I think the industry, like currently it's very designed backwards. It's sort of, like the technical components are very safe and very secure. There's a lot of effort putting into like MPC and account abstraction. It's the user interaction layer that is uh, causing a lot, lot of issue. So it's sort of like you have a very sophisticated machine. You have a very um, safe, uh, like sophisticated safe built with the most uh, robust material in the world. But the, the 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 way to access it is with a, like a three button padlock. So yeah, like I, I think that's the problem with a lot of like wallet solutions out there hmm. nowadays. That makes sense to you, Tom? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what we we observed in our view on you know, different merchant types. You know, like I said, being centralized self custody and the sort of innovations happening there. Um, you know, with a lot of the stuff we've described, um, we think you know once the once the sort of user layer user interaction layer gets made uh, and improved on top of those, I really think there's the chance that we actually see much better, safer and easier to use access to your money than you can get today from some of these solutions. So is is crypto uh, an investment, an, an asset that to be held similar? Is it more analogous to a stock or to a currency? Uh, yeah, I have to be very safe on play very safe on that. I, I would say, yeah, it certainly does have some aspect of speculation in, in this. But for me, I would think um, I'm excited about the potential of this technology. And it has much more to offer than like just like fun, uh, NFTs or like uh, investment, like fungible tokens. Yeah, I, I think it can play a big role in like... Um, entertainment and governance and a lot of other aspects rather than just finance and yeah but yeah i i, I think um i still like it, it's still like beneficial to the in industry that people come into this uh come into web3 come into blockchain because of the like a financial upside that that they see but i think there's much more to it than that hmm. where do you see this going is it, is, it, is it money? Is it a savings account? Is it investment? Or are these just first case uses that we're going to evolve away from into something else? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's none and all of those things at once. You know, it's, it's, it's a different paradigm. It's a different technology. You can, you can tokenize things that very much are like securities or commodities or currencies or completely different things altogether like identity. Hmm. Well... Here, we got a couple minutes left here. So what do you guys, if you can sum it up for me, because we've only got about two or three minutes left. What are you working? What are the top priority things you're working on at your company that would be of interest to your customers? Yeah. So um, so I'm uh, I'm from Blockto and we are building the like future proof and user friendly wallet for the users. And yeah, so we help uh, users and actually partners um, like Web2 companies without 
too much knowledge on Web3 and blockchain to get into this field and uh, make use of the benefits provided by blockchain without the hassles uh, created by blockchain. So yeah, so we have been, always been folk, um, putting a lot of effort to make this process as seamless, as user-friendly as possible and make it secure at the same time. Um, what, what are you guys working on? Yeah, so, so banks, so we, we provide payment capabilities to crypto merchants. So we let centralized exchanges and wallets and other, other crypto companies let their users buy and sell crypto. Um, so, so we're pretty fortunate we have a good wide access and, and view of the market and sort of all the trends that are happening there. Uh, what we're working on is just bringing those more enhanced capabilities of payments. So things like, uh, for example, recurring payments, right? subscription payments and more complex payment types uh, to these crypto merchants. So that's a, ultimately they can have users get in the door and, uh, and, and move the money out when they need to. Hmm. And how does uh, 2023 look for you? There seems to be a lot of uncertainty in the industry. <laughs> yeah, like we, we have been there. Like, uh, so I started to work in this industry since 2015, and I've seen a lot of like ups and downs in, in the market. And like every time there's a, like bearish markets, like the, the companies, the projects that can like live out this this market are those that can actually make a difference in the next uh like a bullish market. So um, yeah, I'm actually pretty happy with the current situation. It washes out a lot of the uh, projects that just want to come in and like grab some quick cash and actually leave those with like more enthusiasm uh, in the space. Mm. It, it feels like there's a lot more focus in the industry right now compared to last year. Um, so I think it's a good time to, to build time as, as they always say. Um, and you know, if you look look at all the things that are really successful in crypto, Coinbase and, and Uniswap and others, they were all built in their markets. Mm. So certainly, we can expect that the next amazing things are, are getting built today, right now. Once we get through this Darwinian phase, yes. yeah. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much. And Lee, Tom Chalmers, yeah. Peter Page here at uh, Grit Daily House, and good night. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA choice boneless beef top sirloin steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for you app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.